Hello, this is Eileen Makdar, and today we'll be mapping resilience on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on using the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The functional nutrition matrix reminds us of three very important factors in clinical care. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be talking with Eileen McDar. Eileen is Chief Energy Officer of the Resiliency Group, a consultancy that works with organizations and individuals to transform the life of their business and the business of their life. Since founding her company in 1980, she has helped to revitalize teams at hundreds of companies and built a prestigious client list that includes Cisco, Oracle, as well as numerous clinical and hospital groups. The author of Your Resiliency GPS and Burnout to Breakthrough, Building Resilience to Refuel, Recharge, and Reclaim What Matters, Eileen offers valuable advice for handling the integration of work and life. She believes that resiliency is a critical life skill and one that requires the energy of connections. So let's dive in and talk resiliency. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Thanks so much. We are talking about one of my favorite subjects today. Resiliency is so very interesting because it's kind of like our counterbalancer shock absorbers to the behaviors, the circumstances, the mindset that lead to burnout, and we all have different capacities for it. So how, Eileen, do you describe resiliency? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that question because I disagree from with 99% of the people who are out there. If you look at the dictionary definition, it basically says in two words, bounce back, mm -hmm. you know, when under stress, you go back to your original position. My notion is that resiliency is not about bouncing back. It's about growing through, which mm -hmm. actually is what the functional nutrition matrix is about. It's how do you go through triggers so that you end up wiser, better on the other side. And ultimately, the chief resiliency skill is energy management. Mm. And what is energy but the capacity to do work? If I don't have the energy, I can't move forward. So what are the things that will give me energy? What are the things that deplete it? So resiliency is a life skill. It's a growth skill. I really love how you put that. And I do think we all have a different capacity for it. It's very bio-individual, but it's always, always at the roots about learning those triggers and then how we address those triggers. What are some of the biggest triggers that you see for uh, depleting energy and resiliency? Well, the, the biggest trigger has to do with our brain. Mm. It's everything that our brain says to us. And if we look at what's going on right now, there's a tremendous amount of fear. 
there's anxiety. And what we do is our brain, you know, our primitive brain goes out and says, oh, my God, oh, my God, look how terrible, terrible, terrible. And every time we say how terrible it is, we begin to lose energy uh, and we get into a place of um, it's either like fight or flight. So so the first thing is to, to really what triggers it is to stop my brain. What in the heck am I saying? How true is this? Uh, if you look at Martin Seligman's life, you know, when we get into this place, we say it is permanent, pervasive and personal. Mm-hmm. You know, this is permanent. I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to get better. Well, no, mm-hmm. personal. Well, the world did it to me. No, they didn't. And pervasive. Did it ruin all of your life? No. Might have made some things difficult, but my whole life is not ruined. So I think that so the trigger is the event and how we interpret it, the things that we say to ourselves. Let me mention one other thing. Because often people say, well, you can't train resiliency, that it's uh, it's a genetic trait. And there is something to be said with the way the synapses, you know, how, how we connect portions of our brain. You know this through neuroplasticity. Yep. We can retrain our brain. It doesn't happen overnight. But when I catch myself, and by the way, I teach what I need to learn. When I catch myself in this downward spiral, I, I literally have to stop and say, stop, Eileen. Slow down. Right. What are you saying to yourself? And what's it doing to everything that you feel physiologically um, and therefore emotionally? So much in what you just said. I mean, we talked a little bit about the genetics there, the triggering events, but you also mentioned a lot that's going on in the body. How does neuroplasticity and kind of the self-talk play a role in your speaking and training? <laughs> well, first off, if you ever have to get up and speak, you know, you better you get, <laughs> get a touch your brain. What is fear of death? You know, fear of speaking is it's number true. one. Death too. So, so your brain is saying an awful lot to you right there. So I think um, over time, uh, to be able to take a public platform and to speak just like just like you are, you really have to work through this, through all the things that you say, like, oh, my God, they're going to hate me. Uh, you know, what if I say wrong? And what if they walk out? And it is only like any skill, like it's like a muscle, actually. Yes. Oh, you don't walk into a gym and pick out a 50 pound weight. You start with five, then you move up to 10. So when I first started doing the lecturing around this, you know, maybe it was like, you know, 15 minutes, maybe it was a small group. I mean, now I can, I think the largest audience I've had is 15,000. Um, and it, guess what? It's no different than 15. They're all right there. Right. But it's over time that, you know, you, you develop this, this different pattern, this, this brain talk, as you saw, the, the self-talk. Uh, and by the way, as I said, I teach what I need to learn. I think this is, a, will always be a place of my level of growth and understanding and practice because different things will happen in our life. The tri- like the triggering events, you know, that, that push us into the place of, of anxiety and fear and then all the physiological stuff that goes with it. Yeah. I, I love that you use the word practice. I have a big smile on my face because I think this is one of the things that I have to preach to all the coaches and clinicians I train as well. People just think it will happen. And there is this way which we have to be resilient to failures. We have to be resilient to life events. We have to be resilient all over the place, right? Like there's often a resiliency in my own life. And Eileen, I don't know if you're familiar with my story. I lost my husband to a brain tumor 
her many, many years ago, almost two decades ago now, but I often call what I experienced post-traumatic growth. And I look at like, how is that different for me versus another individual? How does what takes one down become a mission of purpose for another? You know, you just said something very, if I, if I heard you right, you said a mission of purpose. Mm-hmm. I, I think when we hit this this wall, and I, and I did read about your history, and it just breaks my heart. You know, this young man, and here you are with this, this child is what, two and a half years old? One and a half you know, at the time, 19 oh, now. <laughs> my goodness. Well, so you had a you probably figured I have to get through this for my baby, you know, for my child. But somewhere in your conversations with possibly your own coach and counselors, you said, I'm bigger than this. And what is the purpose? How do I take this and turn it into a purpose for my life? One of the things that I talk about both in my current book, as well as the new book that's coming out, the very last piece where we move from, from, Burn out to breakthrough to reclaim what matters. The very last piece is why am I here? Mm-hmm. What's what's this? Per- if I can find something greater than me, then I can begin to develop some of the strength. I'm not done yet. There's more that I have to give and do. That's so important. I really think about how we take passion and give ourselves permission and allow our purpose to come through. And then we have to be persistent about getting out there and doing it. We have to be in the practice and we really need to uh, recognize that we're going to fail sometimes, that it's okay. And you're exactly right. The purpose for me came from living on purpose because I watched somebody lose their life when they struggled for it. And for me, that's where the resiliency came from. I need to live for me and for him. I have to live on purpose. And I think that that does shift us into that resiliency place where, like you said, we start to tell ourselves a different story. Yeah, we do. In fact, one of the things I, when I was on your website and I was reading and I loved the word, it was one of the um, admonishments I think to you gave, that you give to the people who you coach and counsel is that you don't prescribe mm-hmm. question. You allow the person, you begin to ask critical questions that allow the person to dig deeper into what is going on. It's kind of like prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. Yes. So, so what you... What you are advising in the work that you do is learn, you, 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 you coach the person, not the problem. Right, right. So well said. Yeah, I think we often think that resiliency is like an on-off switch. And it's like what we're learning about immunity now. You know, of course, I already know this and I already teach this, but so much of the general population thinks that immunity is on-off. We have it, we don't have it. And now we're starting to recognize, wait a minute, immunity is a really complex thing. And resiliency (laughs) is too, right? Like everything our hormones are complex. Everything is complex in the body and resiliency is a part of that. It's why it takes practice. Well, and I think of it as being a life skill. It's not an incident skill. Mm. So if I think about it as being a life, that I coined a word called presilience, which mm. is preemptive resilience. So you begin to work on strengths 
before you, you know, before you hit something, whether it's this, this, like, like we're going on right now, whether it's this or whether it's, and remember I said it's energy management, I mean, you could be offered a great opportunity and that's going to require a tremendous amount of resilience, a tremendous amount of energy to be able to avail yourself of the opportunity. So I see this as an ongoing skill, a practice, and that resilience is that, is that practice. It's why you give you know what? Why you give you know kids the shots against mumps or measles? You are making the body stronger for the real insult, for for the real assaults if it comes. So what we're doing when we practice, we practice daily the skills of resilience. What we are doing is we're building up those antibodies for an event that will require our energy. Mm, yeah, beautifully said. So if we think about the body's skills or the immunity, the resilience that we need to really train ourselves, what are your tactics for us to be thinking of for ourselves, but also for clients and patients who are in that loop that's leading to or has led to burnout? Well, let me, the four skills for me, and then there, there are many um, arms to them are adaptability, agility, laughability, and alignment. Mm. Adaptability is the person which, which says, how can I find multiple ways of responding to the situation? If I only have one way of responding, I'm doomed. What we need is, is to say, how many different ways can I respond to this? This is, this is probably one of the times in which we need a coach or a counselor. Give me another way of looking at it, another way. Because what happens is our brain gets us into that negative spiral. And so we can only see the black side. When in truth, there is a gray side, there's a red side, there's a white side. Might not like all of those options. But the truth of the matter is, and the first thing I say is that one of the ways that you practice this is you, you look and listen to your language and substitute the word choose to for have to. Mm. Choose is an incredibly powerful word. I don't have to stay in lockdown. I'm choosing to stay mm -hmm. in lockdown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't have to talk to you. I am choosing to talk to you. If I realize that it's a choice, now I'm saying, what are some of my other choices? Some of them are not going to be as great as others. But the truth of the matter is it says I am in control. And the next part then is to how do I reframe the situation? And by reframing what I think, I think of it as intelligent optimism. It's where I take the event and say, is there another way of framing this that I can see what is possible versus what is impossible? In fact, I think right now in the situation that we're in, what we're discovering is things that we probably didn't want to know about ourselves, right. about our country, about our globe. And by ripping things away, also you go, oh my gosh, look at this. Now I have, so wait a minute, maybe leadership doesn't look like that. Maybe leadership really looks like this. Mm. And this is what we need. So, so that's, that's, you know, and that's where a coach and a counselor can step back and say, what's a different way of seeing this? What is potentially possible? 
I love the notion of reframe. I mean, I have a whole entire course called Reframe Nutrition, right? Like we're looking at things all wrong. We're looking at empathy wrong. We're looking at nutrition wrong. And the language is so important. If we go back to when my son was really little, right at that time when my husband was ill and my parents would come stay with us and watch him for a little bit. And there were certain foods we ate and didn't eat. And if my dad would say to my young son, you can't have that, my son would have a reaction. If he said, you don't eat that, my son had no reaction. Just that small <laughs> difference, right? Like you can't meant that he was keeping it from him and you don't meant like it was basically our, you know, house house rule. We just didn't eat that. And he knew that. But it's so interesting how that slight little shift in language can put us at ease, right? And not put us in that stress response. Language is, it is what separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom mm -hmm. is the word, is the ability of words. And that's why when you hear bullying statements and name calling and racism, that language is potent and terrible. And so we need to step back and say, wait a minute. What am I really hearing? What am I saying? Um, because again, that's a trigger event that can do all kinds physiologically to people when they hear those kinds of things. Yeah, cause all a whole cascade of trauma inside the body that has many physiological impacts. Is there right. any one other skill that you would point out we will definitely lead people to burnout to break through your new book so that we can all read more. But anything else that you would like to share with coaches and clinicians about this topic of resiliency? Well, if I look at those four skills and I really that first of energy comes from connection. I mean, if you think about it, if you turn a key in a car, there's a connection to a battery. If it's a good connection, the car moves. Bad bad connection, the, the battery's drained. Mm -hmm. So I'll begin to say, what is it that I'm saying with my head? So that's all the, all the, all the self-talk, everything that goes in there, the negativity, the reframing, all of those kinds of things. Then the other place, when I think about agility, this is action. What are some actions that I can take? And it doesn't have to be really big things. Remember, an inch is a cinch, mm. a mile takes a while. Mm. You can quote me on that. I came up with that in the shower a couple of years ago. I and love I thought, it. Thank you. That's really good. I'm going to that. <laughs> I love it. So, so what, is this, what is the small step? What's the small step that I can take now that allows me to feel better, puts me a little bit more into control? So so that's the, that's the agility piece. The laughability is so much of this stuff is crazy. And if you look at the things now that come over the internet, the pictures, people are trying to find ways to laugh at the silliness. Yes. I saw something somebody sent to me the other day and it said, wait a minute, you told me all I need to go to the store was to wear gloves and a mask. Well, everybody else had on clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so... <laughs> Anyway, so we've got to find that. And then the alignment is the purpose piece. Yes, I love it. I love it. And so much in here resonates with what we need to remember as clinicians. I love the idea that it inches a cinch. I think oftentimes we're asking people to do too much at once, and that leaves people feeling burnt out because they can't do everything. And this yeah. really brings us back to that core of resiliency. Thank you so much, Eileen, for bringing laughter and for the work you do. Thanks. My pleasure.
The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix team features music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, with production support from Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook, and mixing and editing by Rowan Bradley. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, you can get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feedback, and who you'd like to hear on the next podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. 